Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Holy moly, we were not ready to start this day off with a coach's firing, but here we are. Maybe a coach, but not this coach. Bill O'Brien, just over the newswire, has been let go as the head coach slash GM of the Houston Texans. Yes, he has. Holy moly. Welcome in to the Week 4 Recap Pod. I'm Tim Petrop, of course. What's up, Michael? What's going on? Nothing much, man. Nothing much. Out here chilling, killing like a villain. About damn For time real. Bill O'Brien is gone, though, huh? I mean, yeah, it's it's it feels like a long time coming. It feels like one of these things that you just knew was going to happen eventually. Michael, so I, I mean, I guess we can get right into it today because there's a lot of news to get into. Let's let's get into it. But first, we have a word from some people who care about us and we care about you. That's Manscaped.com, of course. Manscaped.com, the makers of the lawnmower 3.0, the best, the best product for your hair down there. It is zoom, 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 quick and easy and silent and has a light and it's wireless and it's waterproof and you could basically shave your member in December, November, or whenever. Barsh! And if you go to and if you go to manscaped.com right now, use the promo code BROTO in all caps, you get 20% off your purchase and you get free shipping. That's BROTO all caps for 20% off your purchase and free shipping on top of the 20% off. They also have a bunch of other products like ball deodorant, which you never knew you needed until you actually had it. Um uh, t-shirts, uh anti-chafing boxer briefs that not for nothing my wife was like "Ooh, what are those i'm like yeah hey, what's up and you should see best, what's inside the best boxer briefs <laughs> i now own easily yeah yeah and they they're they feel great with the with the baldy so uh check that out and also if you're in a fantasy league then that means you're gonna have a fantasy champion this year if you want to make your champion look like a boss Go over to PartyBelts.com for the official championship belt of the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast and BrotoFantasy.com. We have already bought these belts for our Patreon League winners. We are going to give them out. We're going to have one for our home league. This belt is official. It can, it could, it first of all, it looks great. It's completely customizable. It can hold two beers, so you could serve someone while serving them, if you know what I mean. It is one size fits all again that's partybelts.com and b-r-o-t-o is the promo code to get 15 percent off of that belt look if you are winning your championship you want to spend that money on some cool shit you're gonna spend that money on anything you want to you want to spend it on something for you maybe you need it for rent who knows it's, it's hard times out here um you can get a nice belt too for 35 dollars with 15 percent off um it's, it's a steal. It's the best deal out there. The reason why we promo them is because we bought their product first. We're like, yo, we really mess with this. Listen to our podcast. He listened to our podcast. He's like, yo, you guys are now my favorite podcast. We literally talk every Sunday now. We're, we're, on, we're in a group chat. Um, so, yeah, we just it was very organic. And uh, go check it out because we actually truly believe in this product and Manscaped. And that's why we bring them both to you. 
The promo code is B-R-O-T-O for 15% off. All right, Michael, let's get into this Bill O'Brien firing. Uh, but first, let's get into the news with our boy, Donnie H. Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. Good old Donnie H, man. There ain't a Monday without Donnie H in it. That's right. And away we go from Donnie H to Billy O. I'm, I'm out here spitting bars, Michael. What's your initial reaction to the Bill O'Brien firing? What's the change in the fantasy landscape that's coming? Uh, if you guys follow us on Twitter, which you should, at Brodo Fantasy, um, where you get our immediate reactions to things of this sort, and on the podcast, since it happened just less than an hour ago and we're already recording, I said that this is totally worth a duke johnson ad if he is a free agent because david johnson stinks i've been preaching it all offseason the dude is toast he is no longer a viable nfl running back and the fact that the texans are trying to make him a workhorse he's you could see that he's just not that good he had one good game against kc in a run funnel defense and everyone acted like he was back to being dj that's not the case bill o'brien head coach and gm fired for both no longer any ties. Romeo Cornell is the interim head coach. It was just announced as well. Romeo Cornell does not have any ties to David Johnson or to that David Johnson trade. So there is no reason for him to play David Johnson unless David Johnson plays better. Like to continue giving him 80-90% of the work unless he plays better than he is. And I don't expect that to happen because he's just not that level of a running back anymore. And Duke Johnson has never been given the chance to be a lead guy, but every time he's been given the chance in his limited opportunities, he's produced. He is always seemingly producing more than the player in front of him. As odd as it seems, that's just the case with Duke Johnson. So I'd be adding Duke Johnson, and I think this is terrible for David Johnson because he's no longer going to get a pass for his lack of productivity in that offense. Yeah, I mean, it's it's... It's hard to envision someone who isn't already tied to David Johnson coming in and being um, a David Johnson supporter, particularly because we kind of saw this last year, right? David Johnson, an established player um, for uh, Bruce Arians. And then Steve Wilkes takes over and he kind of force feeds him the ball. But that's when he kind of like kind of kind of starts to slow down. And then Cliff's, Cliff Kingsbury comes in identifies him as not only not giving him the ball, but as a problem, and he's going to give up a draft pick to acquire a different running back and pay that different running back. Um, bless you. Uh, it's uh, you know it's hard to imagine that the guys are just going to come in, but it is Romeo Cornell who's going to be uh, replacing him, so he is part of the staff. Uh, for all intents and purposes, Duke Johnson is a small guy. You know, like He's really talented, and he hasn't really got a fair shake in his career, but I mean, the reason for that is because he doesn't have the body that is sustainable enough to be an every down back. Because you just have to yeah. think about it. Like when you're, he's five eight, bro. It's, it's that's small to get pounded by three hundred pound men all the time. So it's just like, you know, he's a small dude. So I, do I think that his running back duties are going to go up? Yes, but I don't think, I don't know. I don't see such a, I don't see as drastic of a change as you do. Maybe I just think that. Duke Johnson will probably be more involved now, yes. I think I mean, that's that's fair to say. This is overall speculative. I'm not just saying right, go grab right, Duke right. Johnson, he's going to be the starter. But if Duke Johnson ends up in a 60-40, Duke Johnson leads the backfield split within the next three to four weeks, 
Would I be shocked? Not at all. Would I be shocked Facts. if Romeo Cornell just keeps giving the ball to David Johnson because owner, uh, ownership for the for the Texans. Texans is like, we already made the damn trade. Let's just work this dude to the ground. I wouldn't be shocked at that either. But now that Bill O'Brien, head coach and GM is gone, there's literally no reason for Romeo Cornell to force David Johnson the ball over and over like basically Bill O'Brien was doing in the early early part of the season. Uh, the So this firing comes a week after Bill O'Brien took over play-calling duties as if that was the That's why reason. the Texans sucked. <laughs> Nailed it. If that was the reason the Texans suck uh, was because he wasn't calling the plays. The, I'm, I'm sure that's exactly. I, the, the reason the Texans suck is because he was calling the plays as GM. That's why the Texans suck. And they gave uh, our brother Johnny put it perfectly. I think they didn't just trade away a player. They traded away their identity. Uh, their identity was DeAndre Hopkins. He was the cornerstone of that franchise even before Deshaun Watson got there. And they made a dynamic duo where you could see something brewing a little bit. They just needed to put a better roster around them. And then he goes and he just trades the guy for a washed up running back. And he doesn't even get to think that the Jets got two first round picks for Jamal Adams. To think that he gave away two first-round picks for um, Larry Tunsil. And on top of all that, they didn't even get a first-round pick back for DeAndre Hopkins. It, it, unfathomable. Yeah. Unfathomable. And they traded away a second-round pick for Brandon Cooks. Like, this is a guy, like, he was losing his mind. Like, they, no one thought that he was making good moves. And it's no crazy one. because the the masses all agreed that it was a terrible trade. Like, I... I, I think I saw maybe one person ever agree with that DeAndre Hopkins trade. And everyone, like, made fun of the person. Like, it was so clear and obvious at the time that it was one of the worst trades he could have made. And it's just... I mean, that's why he's fired now. So, there it goes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, we expected to talk about a coach firing this week, but we were expecting to uh, talk about Adam Gase. Um, unfortunately, Adam Gase is still the coach of the New York Jets. But this yeah. does give me hope. One, one Lego is down. Um, our ownership group... They're John, they own Johnson and Johnson, so they're in the middle of a lawsuit that um, are people like their their baby powder was giving babies cancer. Uh, if you haven't heard about this, look it up. Johnson and Johnson lawsuit. Um, they're also the leading uh, player, one of the leading players in the industry making the coronavirus vaccine. Um, the Woody Johnson is the uh, ambassador to England. Football guys, yeah. so like they're not going to make that first move because with it now that the first now the first thing has fallen hmm I, it's it's gonna it's interesting it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be interesting um let's go to the news what do you say let's Michael? do it you want to continue going or anything or more about bill o'brien what about the how about deshaun watson the passing game is it's hard to know now but just in general would you say that you're giving these groups a arrow up or an arrow down because bill o'brien offenses have never been like trash trash yeah They're still I mean, like Kind of viable. It's not like Romeo Cornell is going to come in and now this offense is going to be a behemoth great offense and the Texans are just going to turn their season around. They still got a bad offensive line. They still have no DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, I'm not I'm not changing too much for Fuller, Cooks, Watson. Maybe I'll hold on to Cooks one more time after the donut, see if maybe he gets a bigger role in that offense now, but I don't think it changes anything too much. And obviously I'm more down on David Johnson. I mean, I hated him all offseason season. Too, I don't, I don't roster him, literally anywhere. So that's how I feel about David Johnson and Duke Johnson. I'd pick up if available. 
Um, you know what's funny? I'm, I'm scrolling down Roto World because that's how we bring you the news. Like we know we, you know, I read it in advance, obviously, and I pick out the the news thing. Shout out Roto World. And uh, at two forty, the news was uh, Texans. Texans. Houston Chronicle reports that Bill O'Brien will call the place for the rest of the season at two forty. Three hours later, no, two hours later at four fifty five, Bill O'Brien fired as head coach. Um, I don't. I wonder what happened. Maybe he called his. Maybe he called his wife a bad name. All right, Austin Eckler. Oh man, this one sucks, dude. Because yeah. Austin Eckler, uh, he he's such a good dude. Uh, from at least what I saw on on Hard Knocks, he's always trying to help everybody. He's such a good story coming from rags to riches with being an undrafted free agent to making these mills to. You know, finally having his breakout game after being drafted, finally where he deserves to be drafted in fantasy after years of being underdrafted. And here and here we go. Suffers a grade two hamstring strain. Literally he's never been hurt before like this either. So that was one of the this was one of the positives of drafting Eckler earlier. Drafting someone who has shown a big up in durability compared to others around him, which which sucks. So now he's out like six weeks or so that's a long time span you got to expect like through their bye week in week 10 so like week 11 ish four to six weeks by the way cheap plug coming uh join patreon.com slash broto fantasy in order to support the show and get our waiver wire podcast coming out tomorrow we will tell you about guys like josh kelly and guys like duke johnson and everyone on the waiver wire, Justin Jackson, that may be uh, good pickups and how much fab you should put on them, where you use your waiver priority on them, where we rank them amongst other guys. Uh, and we really we put an hour into just waivers. So come come check us out and come hear those waivers. Um, anyway, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's no other way to put it. And uh, we will, again, go over the how we're going to approach this backfield on the Waiver Wire podcast, patreon.com slash brotofantasy. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick just put up a, a really nice game, and then all of a sudden there's rumors about him not being the starter. Now he put up a nice fantasy game. Um, I mean, he this is the Ryan Fitzpatrick story, right? He bursts onto a scene. He's kind of that veteran who shakes up the locker room, and then he gets replaced by a younger, better well, you know, more talented, uh, high draft pick kind of dude. That's just been the story of Ryan Fitzpatrick. So, I don't know. For me, I wasn't I, expecting it to happen so soon. I haven't heard anything about Tua. I mean, yeah, they, Flores when he said when he's when they asked him who's going to be the starting quarterback, he said he presumes that Ryan Fitzpatrick um, is going to be the quarterback, and he made it clear that according to this Roto World article, at least he made it clear. That since he hasn't talked to Tua, it's not a done deal who the starting quarterback is yet this week. So that just could be some Monday fodder, or that could be something. Keep your eye on that. Interesting. I mean, as long as Fitz is out there slinging the ball, the dude's a streamable QB. So when Tua comes in, we'll see how that offense changes. Browns running back Kareem Hunt placed on injured reserve. So out at least three weeks. What would I say? Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt is the beneficiary here. Oh yeah, let. Uh, I was. Just, you know what's funny? In my mind, I was like, "Yo, we can't talk about Kareem Hunt. I have him. I'm gonna go in depth later." And I had that so in my mind that I said Kareem Hunt, <laughs> the exact opposite of what I wanted to do. All right. So anyway. coming coming later on in the episode, the Kareem Hunt explosion. 
Yeah, for sure. 100%. And uh, he could be out as long as six weeks again. So this is not something this, I mean, if you had Nick Chubb on your roster, this is someone who's been killing it for you. He's just been consistent, consistent, consistent. And it sucks. Um, Devontae Adams not going tonight. If you're listening to this before the game, uh, it sucks. If you need a crazy transition play, who are you going for? What do you mean? A crazy like transition you, play. Like you you started Devontae Adams and you don't have anyone on your bench that's eligible and you need to put Devontae Adams on the IR and pick up a, a guy from this game. Well, you have two Monday yeah. night games now, so that at least helps. Um, so you can see guys like McCall Hardman, McCall Hardman or uh, Robinson or, you know, Edelman yeah. maybe. I'd probably go guys like that. I'd probably go Hardman or Robinson just because the Patriots tend to stop the biggest weapons against them, which are Hill and Kelsey, which means Watkins and Robinson may end up finding the end zone or catching four or five passes, which certainly helps if you're not going to be able to use Adams this week. Um, Zacchaeus on the Falcons is also interesting. He gets a deep look every now and then, and this and Jones and Ridley are both banged up, and the uh, this is the highest game total we've seen all year at 58 points, I believe, between these two teams. So they're expecting to be super high scoring. So Zacchaeus is behind those guys for me in the totem pole. And then and then I'd go Shepard um, on the Green Bay Packers just because he's higher up on their official depth chart. So, I mean, I wouldn't want to try to use one of these. We didn't know their names until five hours ago, Green Bay Packers receivers. They did add... Reggie Bedgelton, which is fire. He was putting in work in the XFL, and then he uh, he just signed from the practice squad, so he's going to be active tonight too. But I wouldn't want to chase that. Robert Tanyan, if he's available and you have Adams in your flex spot, flex spot Robert Tanyan is actually who I'd put ahead of all of them. So for me, it would be like Tanyan, Hardman, Robinson, and then Zacchaeus is the four people I try to target. Um. Uh, my my streak of unlucky running back drops continues. I just dropped um because I needed some I needed to play this week. Who did you drop and it? Uh, it cut out. Damian Harris. Ah. And Sonny Michelle just hit the injured reserve. Harris activated. James White activated. So they should both be available. Um I mean, you're not holding on to Sonny Michelle in your IR spot. I would say, look, a lot of people aren't paying attention to the news right now. They don't know this. Damian Harris, if he hasn't played yet when you're listening to this, is going to be is going to be available. And so just like if you have a spot on your bench, and I know ha- having a spot on your bench is something that's not as prevalent this year as it has been in years past, but stick him on there. See what happens. Maybe he takes off. He was supposed to be, he was the favorite in the backfield uh in the preseason. Maybe he takes off. Who knows? Yeah, agreed. I tweeted he's less than thirty percent rostered in Yahoo leagues. Add him to the end of your bench if he stinks. You drop him. If he doesn't stink, then you got someone who maybe garners 8 to 12 touches a week. And like we, uh, we've we said all season that we don't want anything to do with that backfield. And we're not trying to say, here, pick up Damian Harris and you're going to have a RB1 or RB2 the rest of the season. Maybe a viable flex play at times, depending on if he plays well and if you're dealing with a bunch of injuries. So, like, I'm not saying this guy has a huge ceiling, but... Maybe he solidifies like a seven to eight point floor that could be useful, like uh, on certain weeks when you're dealing with a lot of injuries or buys. Uh, Mike Vrabel uh, is the headline guy. I don't know why he's the headline guy, but 
good news. Titans, no new positive COVID-19 tests. So they look like they're going to need to do it again tomorrow. But if they do it again tomorrow, then we're good. So uh, also Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones both expected to play against the Packers. All right, Michael, let's get into this. The thing I love the most, telling myself that I was right. <laughs> you do love we saw to that. do that. <laughs> we, we saw that coming. Let it roll. I saw that coming from a mile away. All right, Tim, tell us. Oh, oh, I'm playing it twice. I, I'm not good at this hosting thing. You did thing. it again. I did it again. again. It's all right. The people got two. Got the double. The double entendre of the we called it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get it. I get it. But yeah, right. Tim, you wanted to, uh, yeah, you wanted you're, to you're, gloat. You're, you're, you're clearly just doing a, an excuse. Yeah, But obviously. I get that you're Because usually this thing, this damn thing always either pauses or it doesn't pause it has a brain of its own so sometimes i'll click to pause but it already paused so then it plays again sometimes i'll let it go and it just plays through rather than pausing mind of its own that being said patreon.com slash brodo fantasy if you want to get us uh one of those nice switchboards where you could like hit the thing or like an ipad where you could have a switchboard ipad that would be glorious that would be that would be glorious so if uh, patreon.com if you if you're tired of michael's bullshit with this shit (laughs) Bullshit, Mike. What are you going to do? Who's your first, who's your first saw that coming? My, my oh, I mean, brother. I thought you wanted to flex, but fine. My All first... right, I'll go. No, no, no. It's Mark Andrews. I said it. Ha, ha, ha. It's Mark Andrews. I told you guys not to worry. You told me you were worrying. I told you not to worry, especially this week. I told you not to worry, and he came through in a large way, in a double touchdown way. Uh, only three targets and three receptions in a game where they kind of had that locked up, so after a while, they just kind of pounded the rock, pounded the rock. Um. 57 yards and two touchdowns. Like I said, this is the second two-touchdown game of the season. He, When he gets hot, it's super hot. So hopefully these guys are catching fire. Lamar Jackson didn't have a game against Washington, but I think Washington's defense is very underrated. And I think that Washington's defense, uh, you know, it, it, had, it had something to do with it. But Mark Andrews, bro, he did it. Thank God you didn't waste your pick on Mark Andrews early. He He's going to be a stud. But every once in a while, he'll probably have a game or two like he had because he is a tight end at the end of the day and he's not a wide receiver. So uh, sometimes those guys go missing. But he is going to be you know, a top two, top three by the end of the year in the conversation for number one tight end, in my opinion. So uh, I saw that coming for this week. Yeah, uh, you did. That was a good uh, good call there. Mark Andrews went in. We, we did say t- if he went in. Uh, this week, we would not be shocked. It would be concerning if he didn't. So finally, it's great. For me, my first we saw that coming is not a boom play. It's a bust play with Mr. Tajimini Ya Cricket Hilton. T.Y. Hilton. That's right. I did I, it again. Tajimini Ya Cricket. People, people who don't listen to the show, like didn't listen to the show last year and are new listeners, um, have no idea what you're talking about. The patrons know. Tajimini Ya Cricket yeah. Hilton is T.Y. Hilton, <laughs> obviously. Why Why wouldn't they understand that, Tim? Come on now. Anyways, T.Y. Hilton was my bust in our sleeper and bust article. Check those out on BrotoFantasy.com every single Friday. Four sleepers, four busts from the three bros and then two Broto writers. I nailed Edelman two weeks ago, and I nailed Hilton this week. Ended with three receptions, 29 yards. I went in on Hilton in the article. Like, I, I destroyed his whole life, and I was so confident that it was going to be an absolutely atrocious game from him. And that it was. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, you, you could easily put him in the stock down territory too. This dude has just been 
a joke for fantasy football purposes. Um, yeah, I mean, if any game set up to be his game, this was kind of the game that got set up. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know toot my own horn a little bit here. I bet you guys that Amari Cooper would catch a touchdown, and he did. Just just putting that out there. I, I but I'm not Amari Cooper's not my guy. It's actually <laughs> Joe. It's actually Joe Mixon. Mixing it up. Joe Mixon, you know, look, you know we don't like Joe Mixon on the show. You no, know we talk about Joe Mixon in a very terrible light. You also know that Joe Mixon was a recommended play by us this week. If you listened to the preview podcast. So, yeah, we know Joe Mixon sucks and he's I mean, he doesn't suck. He he is not as good as the number one pick that he was going at at ADP. We saw him as a late second round pick. We know this, but there are games where he will explode, and this is what always brings his stuff up at the end of the year. He has these explosion games, and boom, an explosion game. He won you a week. I know people who had Joe Mixon on their bench, and they were pissed because Joe Mixon did nothing for them, and then all of a sudden, finally decide to bench him, and he goes off for 40. So... Um, Joe Mixon, if you want to know when he's going to play well, hit us up. Next week, I would be okay with you sitting the RB1 for this week because he's playing the Ravens. Yeah. That's the type of guy Joe Mixon is. In that article that Michael mentioned, Brandon Ayuk, I said he was going to rush for a touchdown. I said there was a high chance. That was hilarious that he ran for a touchdown, a.k.a. on the... uh... (laughs) On the screen pass, that was ended up being backwards because we had like a long ass discussion about his rushing prowess, and then he ends up rushing, quote unquote, for a touchdown. Mad funny that it yeah. turned to a rush. I knew you'd say By something like that. By the way, one of the most impressive jumps I've ever seen. And I heard shout it was out to great. NBC. And shout out to NBC for having footage right after of him hurdling someone in college. Like they had that on deck. Like that's incredible. Yeah. Television producing. All right, Michael, who's your uh, saw that coming? Uh, my second saw that coming, Traquan Smith, someone I said on the preview podcast, I'll go down with Traquan Smith again if I have to. I'm starting him against Detroit. And he put in two touchdowns and 50 yards, and it was glorious. And then also just want to shout out Jason, since he is not on this podcast, for calling a big bust game from Michael Gallup. Also in that Sleeper and Bust article, Pretty good work this week, folks. Gallup, two receptions, 29 yards, despite the fact that Dak Prescott threw for 500. Definitely concerning. Uh, Yeah, uh, those are the saw that coming. Let's go over to our next category. It is the surprise, surprise, people who we did not see coming at all. Surprise, motherfucker. Surprise me, Tim. Who surprised you? Ooh, Michael, look at the transitions. We, you know, Michael's <laughs> evolving every single day. Uh, I think the first surprise got to be Teddy Bridge, man. Teddy Bridgewater, baby. Great game. The man, the man had a great game. Uh, we were, you know, we regularly, you guys shit on Teddy Bridgewater a little harder than I do. I mean, he was 26th in true throw value coming into this game. He hasn't been good. Well, he was good, and he ran the ball, and he threw the ball at accuracy, and he has some receivers that can get runs after the catch that is definitely true uh robbie anderson was about to be in my stock rising i think robbie anderson look he just had three games in a row of over 10 targets it's pretty fair to see that robbie anderson is not going away and that yeah. he's here to stay he's a huge part uh, of that offense and teddy bridgewater you know benefits from that so 
Teddy Bridgewater with a great, great game. Used his legs, ran in one, three touchdowns, 300 yards in the air. It's been a while since we've seen Teddy Bridgewater do something like that. So it's pretty cool uh, that he did it and he surprised us. So shout out to Teddy B for proving us wrong and putting our feet in our mouths. Yeah. For one game. We'll see if it carries over. <laughs> I'm just saying. My first surprise, surprise, got to be Tyler Lockett, man. Against Miami, I know they aren't as bad as they seem on the surface when you hear the Dolphins, but two receptions and 39 yards from Russell Wilson is just something you, I personally did not see coming at all this week for Lockett. I had Lockett and Metcalf in my top, my top 12 receivers. Metcalf had a nice game, of course, because Metcalf is an absolute monster and someone I thought was a tremendous pick at ADP this season over Tyler Lockett. But yeah, Tyler Lockett, boy, oh boy, did I not see a game coming with less than five fantasy points. It's because all his points were to David Moore. Yeah, David Moore had a nice game. I know should have been Lockett's points. Uh, Xavier Howard's a good player. <laughs> yeah. Um, my second surprise is someone that absolutely came out of literally the abyss of nowhere to be sucky again. And that's Daryl Henderson. What the fuck? Honestly, was that the this, same Rams team we watched last week? This, I mean, two weeks ago, Henderson and Brown split carries. But everyone assumed, us included, we don't get a pass here. We were very high on Daryl Henderson this week. Assumed Henderson clearly played his way into a larger role. And Sean McVay said, take your assumptions and get out of this stadium. Because I'm just going to do what I want to do. And Malcolm Brown destroyed Daryl Henderson this week. If you started Daryl Henderson, you are very upset about it. And I feel you. I started Daryl Henderson in a couple places. Man, if this is how it's going to be week in and week out, how do you ever play these guys with any sort of confidence? Maybe in your flex spot, flex spot and Daryl Henderson ends up having a 20-point game again or a game like this where he gets you two or three points. Like it was just, man, man, oh, man. That was shocking. Eight rushes for 22 yards, one target. For 16 yards. Crazy. Malcolm Brown significantly outplayed him. But he didn't even outplay him on the field. Like, I'm sorry, but they put up 10 points for the majority of the game. They kind of broke out at the end. But for the majority of the game, they were getting dominated by the a giant, the Giants. Yeah. Jared Goff is another one. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, the whole Rams offense. I, I was talking about how they've been great to start the year talk about a trap game i I mean at, at least they robert, won the damn game but geez robert woods too bro like robert woods sucked he was that's his first sucky game it's like damn yeah, what the I hell's mean, going on and one of the reasons is because malcolm it, brown is not a, as good of a running back as daryl henderson and it was clear whenever he touched the ball yeah i mean i agree with you 100 percent. it was a it was an odd game my because second was, sorry they, they were playing on, <laughs> on red, my bad they were playing on red zone like i usually go back and watch everything the important games but red zone is magic but those four o'clock games there was one less four o'clock game there's only three instead of four we you basically watched all three of those games at the same time you watched the whole games so you watched the malcolm brown two yard runs you watched the malcolm brown like could have got more out of it but went for went for two yards dude this guy was turning four yard gains at the two yard gains it was like, weird what are they he was the, the slowest spin move in the world. Like, I don't want to hate on the guy because he'll spin me out of the building. But, dude, it's just clear that he's not as good. I, I don't know what you're doing. Anyway, that's my this last of my rant against Sean McVay. Like, I, I could tell him what the fuck is up. Anyway, Michael, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's... I don't know what to tell you. We were all just as shocked. My second surprise surprise is the GOAT who just never 
ages, apparently, because, geez louise, I thought Tom Brady was a decent streaming option, but once Godwin went down, we saw that he struggled against Carolina without Godwin. Not struggled, but fantasy-wise, less than 10 points. And then he got Godwin back, played well. Against LAC, very good secondary. I know Chris Harris was out, but boy, oh boy, did I not expect 369 passing yards and five touchdowns out of Tom Brady. Especially when he started the game throwing a pick six. That's how you know this dude's the GOAT. Like, you start a game throwing a pick six, and then from there on out, you go 370 yards and five touchdowns at 43 years old saying, haha, I'm a beast. Jeez Louise, Tom Brady. This guy, he's going to be, like, a startable option, like, going forward. Against Chicago is tough on a Thursday game coming up, but three of four games, he's over 22 fantasy points. Like, that is very good, with or without Chris Godwin. Yeah, man, I agree. Uh, talking about surprises, not surprising. Some of the people in the stock rising. Some are a little surprising. So let's get right into it. With whose stock is rising this week? Something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. Now, right now, John, the stock trades over the counter at 10 cents a share. And by the way, John, our analysts indicate it could go a heck of a lot higher than that. We are looking at a grand slam home run. All right, Tim, which player is bringing the NASDAQ up 5% coming next week? The NASDAQ is really high on Mr. Odell Beckham Jr. Ooh. Uh, on, the, on, the podcast, one. on the podcast, we mentioned that the Cowboys gave up a lot of big plays. They've given up the fifth most plays over 40 yards, the fourth most plays over 20 yards, combined 17 big plays. Uh, also in the top three. And so we I mentioned, and you guys agreed, that Odell Beckham could have a big game in this one because he might catch a long one. Little did we know that the long one that he was going to catch was from Jarvis Landry. Dime he, by Landry, dude. That dime, was but not he, an easy throw. Yo, he was open, but he was not wide receiver throwing the ball with Rush coming at him open. <laughs> Jarvis Landry's been nice like that. Yeah. Jarvis Landry's been making throws like that. It's Mosa and, and Jarvis Landry for best wide receiver arms in the game. I like Landry because he's a lefty. And Edelman, former Kent State quarterback. <laughs> yeah, but lefty. Yeah, that lefty I mean, touch. As a lefty, lefty myself, touch, it resonates in, inside my soul. Odell Beckham had like a, a really heart-to-heart moment after the game. He's like, man, when I when that happened, I just got flashbacks of me and him in high school, like, like throwing it to each other, like, yo, throw it up, throw it up, throw it up, like. Like, just like we were back in, in – he, he mentioned, like, a park that they grew up in or whatever. If you don't know Odell Beckham Jr., they went to the same college. They uh, you, were yeah. friends in high school. Yeah, they, they, they were, like, best friends, and now they're, they're, they're on the same team. So probably still best friends, I would imagine. And he said, like, he would, he, would trade that, he would trade that catch for any catch that he's made in his career. And he had one that's made him literally millions of dollars. So um, that's a good one right there. Uh, yeah, OBJ, the big run – is what everyone's talking about, but also five for 82, uh, 81 on the ground. I mean, sorry, through the air and two touchdowns. He just had a remarkably big game. And this is someone who is against the defense that gives up those big plays, and he's probably going to be a big play guy, so he probably will shit your team every once in a blue. But if I drafted OBJ in the third, fourth round where he was going this year, and I'm now seeing signs of life out of him like this after a slow start. It went from is OBJ washed to, all right, now I have a legit option who, yes, may bust every once in a blue, 
But as a wide receiver, too, I could trust him, and sometimes he's going to break out and win me some games. So I think OBJ stock is rising because of that. He's now a guy. I'm not going to agree with you here. I think this is a great sell-high opportunity for OBJ because, first off, Landry's not going to be – they're not going to be running trick plays where Landry could throw him a touchdown every game. And they played the Dallas Cowboys defense, which is look, which is up there with Seattle as one of the worst defenses in the league. And Kareem Hunt and company, they're just continuing to feed the running back. Dearness Johnson at 13 rushes for 95 yards. Their offense is run, 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 pass if we need to. So I just don't see the volume for OBJ to consistently be a wide receiver too. I still think he's like a wide receiver three type of guy whose ceiling is going to be limited most weeks. You just gotta had a really good spot here um against the cowboys i mean you could you could think that i've i've rested my case and shout and out rested yours shout out jarvis landry tweeted an hour ago i threw one pass yesterday and my lat feels like i pitched nine innings <laughs> tremendous all right go ahead michael who's next for you my first stock up man let's keep it in dallas amari cooper because goodbye inconsistencies hello Mike McCarthy and the atrocious Cowboys defense because no matter what, the Cowboys are throwing the ball all over the place. 14 targets, 9 targets, 12 targets, 16 targets. They have given up 39, 38, and 49 points over the past three weeks. That is how bad their defense has been playing, and it has been pure comeback mode from Prescott and the Cowboys, and Omari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, unfortunately, has been the exception. Even Dalton Schultz, they're just, they can't have bad games because they're getting so many damn targets all the time. And Dak Prescott's stepping back to throw so often. 500 yards yesterday. As long as this defense remains terrible, which I don't see why that would change, Omari Cooper's inconsistencies in the past are gone. Because as long as he's seeing 10 targets, he's also being used differently. They're trying to feed him close to the line of scrimmage at times as well. Like, they're getting him involved early. It's a new offense now with Mike McCarthy, and Omari Cooper is the biggest beneficiary, and he's looking like someone just every single week. You put him in your wide receiver one spot, and you're very happy about it. Talked about them moving Omari Cooper around the formation and using him more in the offseason, and how his ADP is dropping. And I end, so I end up having so much Amari Cooper around everywhere. Like, Yeah, I actually got more Amari Cooper than I expected as well. Just because, I mean, people were, people were just a little too scared off, in my opinion, with what I assume to be a very pass-heavy offense, which and obviously great. is. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have a Brown love fest right now. Um, I also want to shout out one other Brown besides the Brown I'm about to shout out. The Browns defense. I know in a game where they just got lit up by the Cowboys doesn't seem like their stock is rising, but they dominated that first half, and they're, the Cowboys are just too good to be held down like that. This guy said the defense. Jeez Louise. I wish Jason yeah. was here so we could make fun Yo, of him. Yo, if you have a chance at the Cleveland Browns defense, they're one of those defenses going to trend up, in my opinion. That after what, And you you know I call one of these. I called the I called the Steelers last year. I called the fucking the Saints. Saints the year before. I call one of these every year, and I think this is going to be my call this year. I think the Browns are going to be – I think they have a really good defense. I think people are sleeping on them. Miles Garrett is, a, is an absolute animal. Another guy who's an absolute animal, and they and they control the ball because of guys like Kareem Hunt. Nick Chubb is down. Kareem Hunt, not to talk about because we say at week four we don't talk about last year anymore. Not to talk about um, the off season and what we recommended drafting, but he was one of my hat hangers for this exact reason. I told you that he's going to be playable every single week, 
as a high-end RB2, even with Kareem Hunt. And on the off even chance with Kareem Hunt Nick Chubb for crying out I'm loud. Sorry, even with Nick Chubb. And on the off chance Nick Chubb goes down, you now have a guy who would be going before probably Alvin Kamara in drafts, or maybe just right after, fourth or fifth in drafts, if this was the case in the beginning. This is the guy you have now. Yeah. Enjoy it because it's going to be glorious. You just got yourself a high-end running back one. And I don't even think Kareem Hunt's workload is going to go up that much because it was very clear that Kareem Hunt plays a role in this offense. He doesn't need it to go up that much. Well, he it's going to go up, clearly. It's going to go up, and all, that's all that matters. Yeah. It doesn't even matter how much. You and yeah, I— They're going to play the other guys. They're going to do it. Yes, yes, they're going to do it. doesn't matter. You and I were huge on the Kareem Hunt bandwagon this offseason because of the super enticing upside of something happened to Chubb, like you said, and the ability to beat Austin Eckler-ish when not um, being the lead guy in the backfield. And whoever drafted him is looking like a great pick right now, and you have a top five player going forward. My first, uh, excuse me, my second stock rising, Mr. DJ Chark, DJ Chark, DJ Chark. Talk about a comeback, baby. He said, yeah, I only saw seven targets through the first two games and then got hurt and missed week three. Well, guess what? I'm still DJ Chark. Like, I think people were way too down on DJ Chark. Me and Jason were talking about how he was a great candidate to go by if um, if you uh, if you were looking for a receiver. Because even with the three and four targets week one and week two, he still put up double-digit fantasy points. Like, these were big catches he was making and now he saw the targets nine targets turned that into 895 and two touchdowns against Jackson of the Cincinnati Bengals uh Bengals I just said bang- bagels the Cincinnati Bengals who has been <laughs> very bagels. good to start the season they've actually been one of the stingiest pass defenses and DJ Chark said not today boy because DJ Chark is an absolute monster he's looking healthy ready to go he gets Houston and Detroit the next couple weeks which are not imposing defenses at all and He's ready to just continue being the beast that he naturally is. Speaking of of the beast that he naturally is, we're seeing more and more Antonio Gibson releasing the beast that he actually is. He's more involved in the the game as as he ever has been. And his first game yesterday where he was really uh, dominant was a beautiful thing to watch. Two cat, two touchdowns in the passing game. Four catches for 82 yards and a touchdown in the running game. 13 rushes for 46 yards and a touchdown. This is the guy who, if you drafted him way early, like Michael did in his uh, best ball league, if you drafted him way early, uh, you got him in like the 11th, 12th round. If you drafted him towards the middle of the offseason, you were in the ninth round. If you drafted him at the end of the offseason, you may be the sixth round. Either way, the the reason why you did that is because he, he had this type of potential and turning potential into actuality is something that you love. And this is his second week in a row with a receiving touchdown and a rushing touchdown, man, Antonio Gibson looks like someone who could be great in fantasy as long as his offense kind of supports that. Yeah. Um, like you said, he was someone I was touting all off season to grab in like the 12th to 15th round when his ADP was there because it's not like they had a huge uh, player in that backfield to stop Gibson from really seeing touches. I got him in like the 15th round of an industry draft with guys like Michael Fabiano and 
people like that, and it's been glorious. So yeah, I agree with Antonio Gibson. He looks like he's a he's a force when given the ball, and hopefully he just continues to get it more and more. Uh, and my final stock up, Mr. Justin Jefferson. I guess this is another tap on the back for myself. I'm not trying to tap myself on the back a lot this episode. It just kind of keeps happening. I'm sorry for <laughs> if I sound like an arrogant douche at the moment, but I mean. 13.5 points, four receptions, 103 yards, five targets, was on the field almost all the time again this week for Justin Jefferson, coming off that huge week three against Tennessee, gets Seattle and Atlanta in the next two weeks, some big-time boom potential here for Justin Jefferson, and he is clearly a part of that offense now. Olabisi Johnson is way far back in the rearview mirror, so all about Justin Jefferson, and his stock is looking like He's ready to ready to go, man. Ready to shoot off and be a top thirty receiver over the next couple of weeks at the very least, because Seattle and Atlanta, you cannot ask for two better matchups. Something that we also again, not meaning to, you know, pat on the back, but something that we also mentioned uh not only during the preview show last week, but also during the the waiver show where Justin Jefferson was our number one waiver ad priority last week, even though he wasn't possibly he I mean, he's available probably in some waiver wires this week and uh, if you're list, if you were on the waiver show and you heard it, he's not on your waiver wire because he's on your team and you're very happy about it. Um, I know I'm happy about it that I have him on almost all my teams as well. <laughs> um, Michael, let's end it on a somber note, baby. We are we are we're masochists. I don't know what it's because we're Jets fans. We like to just end things terribly because that's how the Jets usually games usually end. So let's uh, get let's somber, Tim. Ter- somber, yeah. Tim. The worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987. The Dow traders are standing there watching in amazement. I don't blame them. We're now down 43%. Almost everything there completely wiped out. And the NASDAQ, everything and more has been completely wiped out. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. All right, somber Tim. You said let's get somber Tim. Let's somber get Tim? somber Tim. Somber Tim. Yo, guys, if you don't already know this, if you're not like, if you're new to the program, <laughs> Michael's brain is like a jukebox machine that holds songs that just out of nowhere, Michael will come out with the most random ass song. For example. But it's also in a fun way. Like, let's get somber, Tim, instead of yeah, physical. Yeah, but where do you, where, you understand that your brain had to go through let's get physical. Like, find that song before mocking it, right? Like, that <laughs> song had to be accessed. What are you like, gonna when's do? the last His time life. you heard that song? I don't know, man. You think I, I don't keep track of that. When was the last yeah. time I heard Let's Get Physical? Exactly. It's a, it's a song from like 1982. Like you weren't even born. All right. It's a popular song. For another song. 13 years. It's a popular song, guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Come on, you somber, who, Tim. Let's get somber. All right. You know who was a popular draft pick? Kenyon Drake. I'm going to get somber about oh, this one. Goodness gracious. Carolina was the home run spot, man. It was a spot where he was supposed to break out. Yes, he left with a chest injury. So, yes, that affects his numbers. But that doesn't ex- excuse what he was doing before that chest injury. 13 rushes for 35 yards against a team that had just gotten absolutely gashed gashed by running backs previously will probably continue to get gashed by running backs in the future. And it has to worry you at this point. I don't know how it can't. Um one of our favorites, Jason Moore, who loved Kenyon Drake and is also a uh, a fan of the Arizona Cardinals, came out and denounced him. Yeah. Denounced him and said, I, I, I washed my hands of this guy. That's bad because he watches those games with a fan's eyes. 
and an analyst's eyes. Um, and I just can't have those eyes for anyone but the Jets. So <laughs> you take it a little bit more from him if he gives up on a guy. Oof. I I it's don't see anything rough. special about it. You know what, what's your what's your take on this, Michael? I know you were a Kenyon Kenyon Drake guy as, as well yeah. as me. We were both. I certainly was a Kenyon Drake guy. After the biggest takeaway for me, man, is that Kenyon Drake is just not a part of the passing game. Like, that why sucks. and when did that happen? Like, it's just so confusing to me because this guy was a huge part of that passing offense last season uh, over the second half when he was a top five overall running back for fantasy football purposes, and you expected that to continue, and it just hasn't. And one of the things, I do have a slight, slight glimmer of hope here that he can turn it around. Just because Kyler Murray's true throw value, if you haven't checked true throw value yet, it's updated for 2020. Go check it out, brotofantasy.com. You find things like this that you literally cannot find anywhere, that Kyler Murray's true throw value after week three, we haven't inputted week four yet, was the same as Dwayne Haskins. So every time he stepped back to pass, he was putting up the same amount of fantasy points that Dwayne Haskins has. And he sucked again this week against Carolina in a plus matchup. So if Kyler Murray is able to start turning it around, or if they decide to start implementing more pass catching to the running back position to try to help Kyler Murray turn around this despicable pass passing performances that he's been putting up, then I could see a little bit of a glimmer of hope for Kenyon Drake. But I do agree that his stock is certainly way down from what it was. Yeah, uh, that was actually my stock down, but it seemed like you had notes prepared for that one. So excellent, Michael. Why don't you go next? I did not have notes prepared for that one. I just I know, uh, it sounded like it. Because encyclopedia of like fantasy. That. Yeah, you're just, you're just an encyclopedia for fantasy and, and random songs. My stock down, man, has to be Jonathan Taylor. Man, what happened to this guy? He, week two, 26 rushes, two targets, nine receptions, a touchdown, 19 fantasy points, then 13 rush attempts against the Jets, one target, and then one target, 17 rush attempts against Chicago. This guy is becoming like a boom-bust touchdown-dependent option. And look, he has a super high floor because he has he's running behind the Colts offensive line, but he's almost dead last in the league in broken tackles and yards after contact. Like he does not look like a Jonathan Taylor who absolutely dominated years in college. And it's just odd to see. And now Jordan Wilkins, again, if you're not signed up for the Brodo Patreon last week, 0% roster Jordan Wilkins, I said, grab him and put him on your bench because he's been good in his opportunities. And he got nine rushes and a target last week against Chicago almost even with Jordan Wilkins when it comes to the rush attempts. And look, he has a great schedule the rest of the way, Taylor, and they still have that tremendous offensive line. But he's not the first-round value that people expected out of Jonathan Taylor once Marlon Mack went down either. Like, he's similar. He's he's like the better version of Kenyon Drake where at least he's giving you a solid floor, but it seems like those that huge ceiling and involvement in the passing game that you expected when Mack went down it just really isn't there, and he's more an RB2 than he is an upside RB1. Um, I mean, I think it's a little too late to, to say that. I mean, early to say that because, I mean, Jordan Wilkins has been on this roster for a long time, and he's kind of a one-dimensional back. Like, yeah, he's really good, and he can break a lot of tackles. Um, but he's a, he has that one dimension. He's a one-dimensional type guy. And this and they drafted Jonathan Taylor to be a dynamic player. It's, it's, there is just a chance that he hasn't broken out yet. And if he does break out, then we don't have to worry about Jordan Wilkins. This time could just tell. be a case of a, a rookie having a bad game. Time yeah, will time tell. Will tell. 
but stock definitely down. That's why we don't call these segments uh, giving up on this dude and definitely <laughs> suck. This guy sucks. Yeah, sometimes no. we'll go from stock down to stock up on the next pod. You got to be loosey-goosey up in these streets of fantasy football. You got to be football. lucid, man. You got to be, gotta be uh, loosey-goosey, be, baby. Loosey-goosey. As my brother-in-law would say, you have to be uh, what, what are you, static. You got to always be moving. You can't just be uh, like stopping. Anyway, uh, Josh Jacobs is my next stock down. This is a guy that I was super, super on board with because of his passing game work increasing. And so far, that has happened. Uh, three catches in the past three games, so nine catches over the past three games, four catches before that. So he has been putting up the passing game work. It's just that this offense around him is just anemic right now without the rookies in the wide receiver game. And Derek Carr, I don't know why John Gruden puts the ball in his hand as much as he does when you have a guy like Josh, uh, like Josh Jacobs. They were down by one point at one point to the uh, at one point at one point to the Bills, and they still were passing as if they were down by a hundred. The Bills had the ball fourth and one with a chance to score with the Buffalo on the ropes. And instead of handing the ball off to Jacobs, they kicked a field goal, which ended up being the kiss of death. Um, I just I think he's so talented, and one of the things that sold me was that John Gruden agreed. He's like, yeah, this guy should have been the the rookie of the year, and we're going to show them this year. And I'm like, all right, your, your coach supports you like this much. He's going to give you the ball all the time, and he's just not getting the ball as much as I thought. And I mean, with that, he had the ball 18 times last game, and he put up an okay game. But if he doesn't get in the end zone, it's going to be a problem, it looks like. Yeah. And against, and against good teams, it's going to be a problem. New Orleans – New England and Buffalo, three good rush defenses. So there's something to be said about him right now and not seeing the production that you thought you were going to see, especially after that explosion in week one. So Josh Jacobs right now, he could easily, if he scores a couple touchdowns next week or catches a big pass, could easily go up again. But I think right now, Josh Jacobs, you got to be looking at him as an RB2 rather than a potential RB1. Yeah, I I mean I'd say a low end RB one at this point because this this was the concern with Jacobs going into the season is games where they're trailing will he be used more or are they going to turn to the pass when they're trailing because the Raiders just overall aren't a great team and just if he doesn't score a touchdown will he have a solid floor he's shown that at least but yeah I don't think he's like a top five option going forward uh, my second stock falling is someone near and dear to my heart in the fantasy football world, which is very disappointing for me. DJ Moore, he has one game this season, over eight half PPR fantasy points. Against Arizona, six targets, four receptions, 49 yards. He's basically switched roles with Robbie Anderson. Like, Robbie Anderson is the short to intermediate guy that I was expecting DJ Moore to be, and DJ Moore is more the downfield threat. And it just, I don't think... It really makes much sense, but that's the way Carolina is doing it, and Robbie Anderson is looking like he's he's great, and DJ Moore is looking like he's going to be struggling, and it's tough because it's not like you could trust Teddy Bridgewater to really support two receivers week in and week out. So DJ Moore is more a wide receiver three at this point, in my opinion, and that is certainly not what you drafted from him, especially someone that talented, like who's done what he's done at such a young age. It was uh, It's pretty shocking to me, but his stock is certainly down. Uh, yeah. Do you know what's funny? If if you switch the stats 
and the play of DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson just directly. It's a direct switch. You would be talking about DJ Moore as a buy candidate, as a guy to 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 put as a wide receiver one, lock and loaded. Um, and those targets are going to Robbie Anderson. It's, it's something that not a lot of people saw coming. Yeah, we could definitely um, put Anderson in the stock up category here as well. Yeah, for sure. He was he was almost there for me, but I mean OBJ, Kareem Hunt, Antonio Gibson. Those are the three Fair good enough. ones. Um Deshaun Watson was my next stock down, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna take a, a, a mulligan on this one because I wrote this up before Bill O'Brien. Like Bill O'Brien <laughs> was the news right before we came on air. So uh, I don't know what's in store for Deshaun Watson uh anymore. And the my my whole reasoning for Deshaun Watson was because this was supposed to be a Watson game and you know, Brandon Cooks was left on zip. And he, he threw to he threw to one guy. Uh, Mr. Will that's Fuller. not that's not a good recipe for success for anyone. So Fair I enough. think Deshaun Watson, uh, I'm gonna take a mulligan on this one, but that's the reasons why I was gonna say. This is gonna be an interesting one here. Jarvis Landry. Why uh-huh. are you putting uh-huh. Jarvis Landry in the stock down after his best game to date? Oh uh-huh. because in a game where the uh, where the Browns put up 49 points, the guy ended with five receptions for 48 yards. He is clearly not going to throw a touchdown every week. I'm going to say, and a passing touchdown. Is yet to top six targets, is yet to top five receptions. They put up 35, 34, 49 over the past three weeks, and he's put up six, five and a half, and then only pass catching wise, seven fantasy points. If you have Jarvis Landry, sell him now for whatever you can get. Because he's not a wide receiver one. He's not a wide receiver two. He's not a wide receiver three. He's a low ceiling flex play. So please trade Jarvis Landry for an upside guy like Antonio Gibson or something like that. If you can. Hot damn. Out here, you can't do that trade. Well, I'm just saying. Maybe in a package or something of that sort. But just get rid of Jarvis Landry, please. Michael, say yet to top again. Say what? Yet to top. Yet to top? Yeah, yeah, like you were saying. Like, he was yet to top this. Say it one more time. He was yet to top? <laughs> you say I'm it faster. Like, you usually say it. Don't yet to say top? It it's so funny how you, when you're saying it, it's like, because the T's are, it, it sounds like uh, you're skipping rocks. Yet to top. Yet to top. Mike, where can they find you? At Brodoff of Mike. You can find our other bro, the Brodoist of the bros. I don't know what that even means. At Brodo Jason. At Bro at Brodo FF Jason, and you can find me at Brodo FF Tim. See what we did there at Brodo F. Yeah, where what am I doing? At Brodo Fantasy on Twitter for all of us and all the updates. That's where our, we give our fantasy news. The other ones are kind of like more of a personal touch, um, but we're definitely more on the at Brodo Fantasy um, Twitter handle more than anything else because that's where like you know we give our advice and things of that nature. Yep. Um, where else? BrodoFantasy.com for our articles, uh, the sleepers and bus articles. The 20 stats you need to know article, uh, the the uh, the new article from our other staff writers of uh, uh, was it buy low sell high weekly writer we, weekly article coming today so it's, it's Monday coming today buy low sell high so uh, we got a lot of stuff there we got Brodo merch we haven't plugged Brodo merch in a while yeah uh, true you that could, you could uh, go check out some Brodo merch and yeah that's it from us you're gonna hear us again on the Patreon pod if you. Support us over at Patreon, patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy. And uh, that is all. 
Until next time, I hope you're having a better better day than Bill O'Brien. Later.